If you have never experienced a near suicidal depressive breakdown, I can tell you what it's like. I had one five years ago. Now hopefully this isn't you, but looking back, I know it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because up till then, I was just like every other clueless entrepreneur, maniacally focused on success, but ignoring all the signs, moving nonstop from one guru get-rich scheme to another, yet still completely in the dark about what I was supposed to do with my life. But as they say, that was then, this is now, and if you can hear my voice, then you and I both know we are ready to get serious about living the life we love, not just existing in it. But how do we do it? Join me as I work with hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you to learn their insider secrets, what's working now, and more importantly, what hasn't. All to help you, the struggling entrepreneur, decode what's keeping you stuck, enabling you to live better, accomplish more, and truly become the person you want to be. Hi, my name is Brian Forsyth, and welcome to Radically Unstuck. Welcome to Radically Unstuck, the show where we help you, the listener, figure out what is keeping you stuck, what is keeping you in your chair, in your couch, what is keeping you from living life versus just existing in it. And today is a special event. I want you to be aware of the fact that social media and the 24-hour news cycle tends to lie to us. That it- if somebody isn't, you know, doesn't have a huge following, doesn't seem to have a perfect life on social media, that they're not valuable. Because if you believe that, then you also will believe that about yourself. I urge you to look at that and decide whether or not that's a useful thought. Because we have an everyman. We have someone who doesn't have a thousand followers on Instagram, who doesn't own a million dollar business. We have someone living a life versus existing in it who is successful, who embodies the truth of this podcast. And with that, I want to bring on Chad. Chad? So good to talk with you again. So, um, yep, my name is Chad Keeney. I am a father of four daughters. Um, I'm also the lead guitarist for Tennessee X and Southern Blend. Um, I'm a guitar teacher, uh, currently have about 17 students, and um, just living life, having a good time, man. Hey, and that's, um, and really the, the, the key there, he kind of glossed over that, right? But <laughs> he's got four daughters, right? So no hair. <laughs> he's got four daughters and no hair. So <laughs> this is a man who has a lot to tell us about <laughs> living life, about managing a time, uh, man, manage his time, about uh, all it takes to, to get past failures, worries, stress. So that is valuable life experience, and I appreciate him bringing that to us. So, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm really happy you're here. So. I want to I want to start with like where 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 were you at 16 like what were you doing when you were 16 were you were you a musician at that time what was, I, what was going on Yep I was um I've been at the age of 16 I'd been playing for about 5 years at that point and um it was 
pretty much all that I was doing with my free time. I had a, I had a pretty solid schedule worked out where uh, I would go to school and pencil whip through all of uh, my homework and my classes and that type of stuff. Um, spend about an hour on homework every night, spend about eight hours playing guitar, go to bed at about two o'clock in the morning and get back up for school at six o'clock the next morning. Um, so yeah, guitar and music was, was really my life um, at that point. Just about as much as it is right now, actually. <laughs> I'm so, back. <laughs> so, so what I'm interested in is what were you thinking? Like when you were, you were 16 years old, you're playing your guitar. Like what, what was the aim? Like, were you thinking, you know, I'm going to, like, this is going to be my life. Or were you like thinking, well, I can either be a, a guitarist or I can be a psychologist. Like what was, what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah. At that point, um, at that point I was, uh, I was with a local band and we were doing, um, a lot of, we were doing some cover material, but we were doing a lot of original material. And, um, I mean, as far as a band out of York County, Pennsylvania, we were actually doing pretty well. Um, we had some of the radio stations up in the area on our side, and they were, you know, they were playing some of our stuff. Um, and that was really, um, that was really the goal was to, you know, was to kind of go on the road and, um, and just make music for the rest of my life. So, so you're, you're about to, you know, you're, you're, you're in the process of moving towards getting to being able to sort of live the life of the rock star, you know, you're 16, 17 years old. You know, what was, what were the external things that were acting on you? Like, were, were your parents really into that? Or was, was that like a struggle or what, what was going on there? Well, I received some of the worst advice from the most well-meaning people and I took it. Um, uh oh, uh -oh. yeah, it was, um, you know, it, it was one of those things. And honestly, I don't know if I would have made it or not. Um, you know, there's, there is, and, and especially was a lot of, a lot of competition at that time coming from a small town. I think, um, you know, getting into something like that would have, been, it's not like living in Virginia beach where there really is a solid music scene. Um, but you know the um the advice that i took was to uh was basically be practical um you know come up with a plan b and plan b ended up becoming plan a and i went to college after high school um got a business degree and kind of went down that path for a while um put down the guitar at one point i put down the guitar completely for like 3 years oh. Um, oh. just Flirting with different things, sold insurance for a while, did retail management, um, restaurant management, those types of things, and just, um, you know, making decent money. But it was, it was just a dull life. Um, you know, go to work, earn enough money to, to buy a bowl of beans, eat that bowl of beans, and to to give you enough energy to go to work the next day rinse and repeat i know you've heard that before <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me about what like what was going through your head when you when you put that guitar down and you're like okay you know i want to know you know that day as you sort of 
you're sort of moving from your, you know, your teens to this quote unquote grown upness, you know, so you're putting your guitar down. I want to know like what, what was going on there? Like, how did you, how did you pass, pass that point and let that thing go for three years? Yep. Well, it really, um, it was really a gradual process. Um, I mean, I, you know, went to college and I just, I slowed down on the guitar work. Um, it wasn't that I just immediately sold everything. Um, but you know, I, I slowed down on playing guitar, um, did not join any bands during that time. It was just, um, really going to school, focusing on, on getting that degree. Um, and then one thing just kind of led to another, um, got out of, got out of college, got into retail management. And then when I was, um, I was offered a position with an insurance company and I ended up relocating my family to Northern Pennsylvania at that point. And that was the point where in order to raise funds to make that move happen, that was where I just sold all of my gear. Um, that was in 2003. No. Yeah. 2003 when I sold it and didn't pick up a guitar until 2007. So what was, what was that like? I mean, like where was Chad at that point? Well, what it was like, um, that was pretty much the worst period of my life. <laughs> um, not <laughs> just because of, of not having, um, you know, music as a major part of it, but it was just, um, I was prioritizing the money and that opportunity over everything else that, that mattered. Um, you know, I moved to Erie, Pennsylvania because there was a massive financial opportunity up there for me. And, um, it was, you know, it was, it was the worst time of my life, but man, I learned so much. Um, you know, that was where I learned that because, you know, as a young kid, again, you, um, you kind of get this warped sense that the, that money is everything. Um, even before the days of Facebook and, and Instagram and all of that stuff, like, um, you know, you just think you've got to be making these, these massive piles of cash in order to, to have anything meaningful. Um, so I traded it all in for an opportunity to do that. And I was making good money. Um, I was making great money actually. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it just, it leaves you empty. Um, and I really feel like I, I sold out my purpose for a quick cash advance. And so you were not doing your love and you were sort of doing your need to, right? And so you, you didn't play guitar at all during that time. You just like pretty much sat it down. Yep. Yep. Completely set the guitar down. Um, did not even have one in the house until, um, actually it was February of 07. Um, so I was, uh, I was living up in, I was living in Erie and just, you know, day by day, just falling apart more and more. And I happened to get a, 
just a random phone call from a pastor friend of mine. Um, you know, I, I found out later it was it was not as random as I thought it was at the time. He kind of knew what was going on. Um, uh-huh. But uh, he called me and uh, he, you know, we talked for a little while and he's like, hey, man. Um, so I'm going to move from he was they were living up in uh i want to say they were in westminster at the time and he says um i'm moving to virginia beach to start a church i need a guitar player and i'm like well i don't know if you heard but i'm not a guitar player anymore Uh-oh. And, you know it just uh it kind of ate at me for the next couple of weeks and um you know, just just having him kind of throw that in my in my face and throw that opportunity out there, and things weren't going well up north anyway. And uh, you know, we had talked, and he offered, um, you know, offered to bring me on as a as a musician for a church that he was starting down here, and I took it. Um, my income cut more than in half, much more than in half, in fact. Um, but I was, you know, it was it was that phone call in February of 2007 that really um, started to set me back on the right path. So I want to know, like, here you are, hadn't touched the guitar in three years, and you picked that guitar back up. I want to know what Chad's thinking, and I want to know how you push through it after being this dude, been playing guitar all your life. And now you pick up a guitar and touch that thing in three years. Thank God, no calluses. Like what, yeah. what was that like? Physically it was painful. I mean, I, I, um, you know, cause I, I had a very short amount of time to get back up to par. Um, so physically it was painful, but the interesting thing was, and I, I think it, um, you know, it's interesting how the brain works because on the mental side of guitar, I didn't lose a beat. Oh, you know, wow. I work on my chops and get my fingers, you know, my uh, my fingers and my hands back in order. Um, but as far as the understanding of music, even being away from it for three years, didn't miss a thing. Um, oh. And I would within about three months of very heavy practice, practice the same way that I was when I was a 16 year old kid. Um, within about three months of that, I was, I was back up to par. So I want to know, like, there had to have been a day where you were like, what if it don't come back? Like, was there ever a, was there ever that day where you were like, like when you, when you went, you were like, okay, I got to go, I'm going to go do this. Like, was there this, you know, how did you, how did you face that? Was that something that you felt? There really wasn't, um, you know, I think the excitement of, of getting a guitar back in my hands kind of overshadowed any, any feelings like that. Um, I was, so there wasn't any there wasn't any worry about really getting it back. Like I knew, um, because again, I I practiced and rehearsed religiously when I was younger. I knew 
the steps that I had to take to get back to, you know, being able to play on a high level. Um, so as far as, as far as the playing and as far as getting my traps back up, there really wasn't, there was no issue there. Um, there was in the back of my mind, um, a little bit of nervousness as far as, am I really making the right decision? Um, you know, because mentally I was not doing okay in Erie. Um, and even it's weird because financially I wasn't doing okay either, but I was making good money. Hmm. Right. Just um, the expenditures were so high. But, uh, you know, the, the nervousness was even making great money, not hanging on to a whole lot of it. What's going to happen when I know I'm going to go down to Virginia Beach and not be able to make the same type of income that I was making up in Erie and not making it? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so did you have a plan? Were you like... Was was there a, a day where you were like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Virginia. I'm gonna you know. Was there any like fallback plan, or mm-hmm. or was it just completely I'm I'm heading to Virginia. I'm I'm trusting the Lord, baby. <laughs> or like yeah. like what was what was the thoughts process right there? Well, and that that was really it. Um, I mean, as far as the backup plan, what we did was so in February was when I got the call. It was late February when I finally, when my wife and I finally made the decision. Look, we're just going to do this. Life sucks up here. <laughs> Let's go try. <laughs> this is this eerie, man. Everything sucks in Erie as far as oh, it's cold and amen. I mean, oh, talk man. about the, the armpit of the universe. No offense to the Ooh. people who are living there, but I think I, most of them agree too. It's just, it's a rough place, man. The snow, the the constant overcast. It's like, it, that's, that place is depression central. I think depression was invented in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, but we did, I mean, as far as the backup plan, so what we did was, um, I want to say it was like a week before Easter of that same year, we ended up moving out of Erie. And my wife and my two daughters at the time, and I moved back in with my parents for a couple of months. And um, we were just, uh, we moved back there basically to cut the bills down to nothing. Um, you know, my parents were awesome people for taking us back in. We basically lived in their, in their basement from April until December. Um, and I, I took some jobs. I, I was working for an old friend of mine at, um, two pizza shops that he owned and, uh, you know, delivering pizza and helping in the kitchen. And, um, at night just, you know, I'd start work at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd get off work at about eight, nine o'clock at night. And just like before, man, um, playing guitar from nine or 10 o'clock at night until two or three in the morning, get up and do it all over again. And really was moving back into my, you know, the old cliche, moving back into my parents' basement to kind of get recentered and um, and kind of get my head out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it like when you, like, the first time that you you got back on on stage? Talk to us about about what that was like. It was absolute heaven. 
it really it's funny because like i you know that was let's see 2008 so 12 years ago i can't even i couldn't even begin to guess how many times i've been on stage since then i still remember that first week like i i remember every minute of that first time back on stage um and it was it was just it was incredible like life was was still life overall was still not great um you know we were we were getting there we were on the right path but there were still a lot of stresses um but none of that like you know as soon as soon as that first sunday morning hit man none of that even mattered it's like just you know being on stage is it's just it's it's the only place where I think I feel actually somewhat normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah, it's that, um, yeah, that first one, it was just, it was magic. It was absolute magic. It didn't go perfectly. Um, you know, there were some, there were obviously some mistakes in the set. I don't think anybody even noticed. I think the only people who noticed anything wrong were the people on stage, which is the way that it usually goes. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, that that first week was confirmation that I am finally doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, period. Everything else will figure itself out. I'll figure out how to eat, but I, <laughs> where I need to be. Yeah, and for the listener, uh, I just want you to, to listen to what he's saying, what we're saying, which is, if you were doing something that is who you are at your core, what you really want to be doing with your life, even if you can't be doing it in perfection, and this is, a, and this is something I really want you to hear, because yes, there are thousands of things that you might want to do that could be your, your big dream. You may not be able to be in the NBA because you're 50, and the truth is you're four foot two. But the accomplishment of the perfect dream is not the point. The point is that you're feeding your soul. Listen to what Chad was talking about. You could tell how happy he is. He's not up on stage in front of 60 billion people, and that's okay because he's living his life. And that's what I want for you. I want you to live your life. I do not want you existing in your life. I do not want you putting up with a subpar existence because you are too scared, too intimidated to live your dreams. So, so Chad, where can we, uh, where can we find you on, uh, on the, uh, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yeah, so I'm finally um, finally getting this, uh, or at least beginning to get this social media thing under control. Um, I had gotten started um, actually when, uh, oh, about a year ago, I guess, with Instagram. Um, but with Instagram, you can find me at chadkini12. And then I just recently put up a music page on Facebook as well. Um, at Chad M. Keeney Music. 
Um, and on both of those spots, um, you'll, you'll be able to gain information on where I'm playing, what bands I'm playing with, and those types of things. <laughs> hey, all right. I only have one thing left to say, and that is be kind to yourself. Start with kindness because your mind can get really mean. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not a thought that you're having is, is useful, whether it's even worth paying attention to. And the easiest way is to ask yourself, is this something that I would want to tell my best friend or for my best friend to feel? And if it isn't, then you can let that thought go. You are not responsible for your thoughts. You are not responsible for thinking the thought or not thinking the thought. Please hear me when I tell you that the content of your mind, the automatic mind I'm speaking, is not your responsibility. So always ask, is it kind? And if it's not, let it go. And with that, I want to thank Chad for being on. This has been awesome. I hope you guys have loved it. I know I have. I really appreciate uh, you know, Chad coming on and sharing his story because the truth is we all have a story. We all have a story. And all of us are valuable. You, listener, are valuable. And if you feel like you're not valuable, I'm here to tell you you're valuable. Just as a human. Your wants and desires are valuable and you are worthy of living the absolute best life that you possibly can have. All right. Peace, y'all. Thanks, Chad. I love you. Thank you, Brian. Love you too, man. Thanks for having me.